Good afternoon. This is the Indianapolis Real Estate Market Weekly Update. Today I'm sitting here with Shelly Walters with EXP and Kyle Morse with FC Tucker, Greg Evans with PRMG Mortgage, and we're going to talk real estate and mortgage rates at the end of the show. Hey everybody, what's going on? How you doing, Shelly? I'm great, thank you. Doing great. Good to see everybody. Good. Well, you know, uh, let's talk about the difference between last week and this week. It looks like we're getting a little bit more listings coming out, but are they selling quicker or are they selling slower? Tell us kind of like what the market guys are looking at me, like what the hell's wrong with you? We hardly have any inventory, you know. Kyle, what are you seeing right now? I mean, are you seeing houses sell in minutes? Are you seeing houses take a couple days? What's what's the story out here? I, I mean, it's hard area? to quantify it really because I think it takes, I mean, if you look at the numbers, it takes a couple days, right? Um, but that's because a lot of houses right now are basically going on the market, you know, more towards the end of the week. And then they'll say showings available till Sunday. We'll review offer Sunday, you know, seller reserves the right to accept an offer at any time. But a lot of times they are just waiting on the timeline. And so I would say, you know, it looks like a lot of houses sell in about four days when in reality, like when I list them, like you pretty much know in two days, honestly. And then you're just, you've got your top two offers and you're just waiting to see if somebody can come and beat them, quite honestly. And what do you, what do you think, Shelly? Well, the funny thing about that too is that if I do list it on Thursday and say we want the offers by Sunday night, which does seem to be our standard modus operandi, um, the thing is, is, we really don't see the offers coming in till Saturday or so because everybody's kind of waiting to see what the other agents are doing. So, you know, sometimes we have no offers that first two or three days because everybody's going to wait to make that phone call and go, well, what do we need to do to be better? And I say, well, I'm not going to really know that because everybody comes in at the end and makes their offers. So again, that average four days on market seems to be because of the way the listings are having the rules set. Yeah. That's why I like to come in the very first day, come in hard and like give them a really good offer in a short timeline to put the seller in a decision-making situation already. And I do that as well sometimes. And I know sometimes that's not very good because they don't like it, but it works. I got to represent my buyer. Yeah, right? But yeah, as yeah. a listing agent, you're like, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let me ask you a question. What do the buyers think about this when you tell them, hey, you know, we got to put a reasonable offer in. So if you had a home in Broad Ripple, Kyle, and it was uh four hundred thousand dollars or three hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Let's go at three eighty. Okay. Uh and it was a nice home. Let's say it's a really nice home. Could they get that home for three eighty today? Uh, I would say no, but it, I mean, Broad Ripple is very specific, right? There's even less inventory there than anybody anywhere else, right? So there's going to be higher competition for less. But if you were to go out into the suburbs or in the city, um, I will say we were talking about beforehand, over list is starting to decrease. Not that it's not happening, but what people are uh, actually going over. I mean, there's the unicorn houses where people, you know, still really come hard and heavy at it, but rates are impacting people. Fatigue is impacting people. And I just, I don't see it as much. I mean, we're starting to see them now 7,000 over lists, you know, like 5,000 over lists. Like we sold one, you know, not too long ago, then it closed and it was 12, you know, like, and we had a ton of offers on it, but like people are pumping the brakes a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they're, they're hugging that list price. And I got a lot of phone calls on my listing this weekend that was 250 um, and or more texting, whatever. But they said, should we even try? Should we even try? And so there's agents out there just 
you know, I hope they're not telling their buyers, just forget it, it's not going to be possible. But my last three houses that I've sold under 300 in the past couple of weeks have all been hugging that list price. And I think it has to do with the, the buying power has been lost for them in regards to their rates and what they thought they were starting at a couple of months ago and where they are now. So do not give up in these price points because you don't have to worry as much anymore about a very high escalated price. They're all hugging the list. They're very, very close to the list price. They're, they may go over, you know, 10000 And the appraisal gap being offered is lower because the buyers just can't offer that with the new rates. So yeah, every, the, the interest that. rates are going up crazily, you know, crazy uh, numbers. And uh, Greg... Uh, Evans is going to talk about that at the end of the show. A lot of people don't like Greg right now because the rates are high. He's mm -hmm. made the whole world's rates go up. Mm -hmm. But uh, do you see the rates stopping somebody that you worked with six months ago from buying today? I mean, have you had any of those conversations with your past client? I, I think it depends. It's so buyer specific, right? Because there's a lot of people who bought out of convenience because they could, because they had so much equity and uh, the values of their home have gone up so much. However, like, you know, we had one recently where the value of their home had gone up. We didn't get uh, offers as exorbitant over list as they had anticipated, and then it limited what they wanted to buy. And they're like, it, it's, it's almost a wash to a certain extent, right, with right. the new rates. And so we are seeing a little bit of that where the people who have to buy and sell, they will always buy and sell, Absolutely. regardless of the market. Absolutely. But the convenience buyers, a lot of people are like, well, I'm locked in at 2.9, mm -hmm. like we're good, you know? So I, I don't know. I just, every market is different. We just went through a different market. We will right. now go through another different market, right? But people will still buy and sell. Well, that's and that's one thing I wanted to talk about is um, went to an event last week for my board and there were four heads of brokerages, uh, Tucker, Brookshire, Hathaway, Carpenter, and Century 21. And every one of them says the shift is here. So we are starting to see the shift in this market. And, and, and define the shift to me. Starting kind of what we're talking about, the, the the houses are going to start selling for, you know, maybe a little less, not having as high of an escalation. The lower price points are going to have less buyers. And um, so it's just we're not going to see that rapid high offer quick, 80000 over list if it's a $400,000 house. Right. We're just not going to see that much anymore. I mean, these are the four people in Indianapolis who run major brokerages, and they all said the shift is here. Well, okay, so uh, let's go over uh, what's happened in the last seven days. Let's start with you, Shelly. Let's go over Carmel, Westfield, Zionsville, Broad Ripple, and I think we might have Meridian Kessler here somewhere. So what did uh, uh, Carmel do? Carmel had a huge increase in listings hit last week or the last seven days. There were 75 houses listed, and there's still 32 of them. So 43 pended. 43 pended, but wow. 32 are still available. So 50% almost are still on the market um, that's showing. a ton. That's more than like where it's going on the market. Well, I think <laughs> like right, right, right. Three yeah. Weeks ago. So right. yeah. So the still on the market 32, two, three weeks ago was how many were hitting the market. Right. So that's a big one. And the average sale price was a uh, fifth or list price 520. Westfield and the, and the low, looked like the low was what 185. 185,000 was the first. Um, really? Yeah. And, and 1.3 million was the high. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's go over to Westfield. What do we got? So they also had an increase. They have 43 houses that were listed. There's still 17. So again, um, still some sitting on the market more. Because when we've been giving these stats the past two or three weeks, right. we were getting maybe 10 to 20% yeah, were you. left on the market. Now we're seeing a higher. So they aren't 
selling as fast. And it'll be interesting. I would really like to look at the stats maybe in three to four weeks. Kyle, we need to look and see is the um, average sale price coming down compared to the list price. Right. But we got the uh, listed was 43. How many were uh, sold? Uh, pending right now, 26 of those 43. So, so 17, 17 still left. Yeah. Av the, an average of four, 520,000 as well. In what was Westfield. the low? Um, they're still, it's 294,000 to 1.8 million. Up in Westfield. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's move over here to Zionsville. Again, if you're thinking of selling your house in Zionsville, get on it. Better it's, jump on it. Yes, it's crazy there. There is just nothing. There's a little bit more listed this week, 17. 14 of those have already pended, so there's only three. So Zionsville is still a very hot place to get your house on the market and get it sold. The average, average was $699,000. $699,000. Wow. Yeah. All right, let's jump down to uh, uh, Marion County and Broad Ripple. Kind of tell me what's happening down there. That little Broad Ripple is still very light in um, listings. Only five hit the market the past seven days. Two of those are pending and still three on the market. Again, that's showing they aren't selling as quickly in those seven days period. Yeah, and the, what's the average in Broad Ripple, please? 320000 Okay, so we're not going to talk about Murdy and Kessler today. Um, we've got that. Um, let's jump over to Kyle. Tell me what's happening uh, more in Hamilton County. So in Fishers, uh, 46 homes went on the market this past week, right? Tuesday so. to Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, 33 of them pended. Um, and here's the interesting thing about it, right? So last week, Fishers saw an uptick at 50. It's a little bit lower, but it's still way higher than the like 30 it was two weeks ago, right? And uh, so 13 are still active in Fishers, and they, were, they ran anywhere from 200,000 all the way up to 1.8 million, a little bit over 1.8 million. Right. And then in Noblesville, 48 went on the market and 36 of those have pended. So 12 um, are still on the market from basically 180,000 all the way up to 950,000. So Noblesville saw a huge uptick actually this week. So like we were talking last week, you know, the, the start of the selling season really started. It's going to be interesting with how everything is changing. Mm -hmm. I will say like we've been doing this for a couple of months now and updating and for Fishers and Noblesville, this is the first time we've ever given stats. Not a single house that is currently on the market active was on the market last Monday. So there are no stale listings. To be stale in either of those cities is seven days. That's it, right? So that's pretty impressive that even the stuff that was overpriced or in bad shape or, or a bad location, whatever it may be, sometimes that stuff can sit regardless of the, the hot market. All of them are gone. Well, and I would say probably they didn't have anything overpriced then. And that's where the agents are doing a good job in listing these houses where they should be and they will they will sell. So if you're sitting on the market for two or three weeks, then um, the price is still an issue. Um, and it's probably going to become more of an issue as we move forward. 100%. Okay, now we got to go to the guy that everybody doesn't like because he's moving the interest rates up. And it's his fault. Let's all blame it on Greg Evans. No, he really has the best rates in town. Let's talk about rates today, Greg. Tell me what's happening in the fixed rate market. And let's concentrate on some arms. I'm just going to say I still like you, Greg. Thank okay. you. Yeah, that's right. Well, first of all, these are average rates. And mortgage rates can change daily without notice. Sometimes twice a day yes. we've seen it many we, times. Exactly. A 30-year conventional rate today is 5 5.25%. Is that an 80% loan to value, that's 720? 80% loan to value with a 760 credit score. Okay, that's good. Yeah. What, what's a 15 so, at, Greg? It's at four and three eighths. There's, there's almost a 1% gap. But if you go to FHA, 
It's the biggest gap I've seen in a long time. It's three quarters of a percent less than a 30-year conventional mortgage. Exactly. So it's at four and a half percent today. But if conventional buyers want a little payment relief, they can get an arm. And that's a 1% uh, less interest rate than a conventional That is going to be a big, big product that's coming on board right now. We're getting several requests on arms and we're starting to do several pre-approvals. But here's the question back to the real estate agents. Are you guys ever seen anybody or they talked about, Hey, should I get an arm so I can qualify? Or you seen anything in that world with you guys? No. And I was going to ask Greg that too. When you uh, mention it to your clients or any of our clients about doing an arm, do they kind of look at you cross-eyed? Like that's such an old scary thing to do that. Well, well, some are, you know, they're, they're a little apprehensive about that. Uh, with arms, a lot of times you have to qualify at a 2% higher than what the actual rate is. So it's not necessarily easier to qualify for the mortgage, but it gives you payment relief every month for the next five or seven years. And the reason they have to uh, apply, I mean, the reason they have to qualify for that 2% rate adjustment is... Well, it can, cha- it can change after the fixed period's over, whether it's fixed for five years or whether it's fixed for seven years. But I think the national average for someone staying in a house is somewhere around six. So nine times out of 10, they're going to move or refinance before that arm's over anyway. Yeah. I mean, we're starting to have conversations about it. Um, ever since March, actually, when rates started to trickle up, I feel like it's becoming more and more uh, part of the conversation. And I think the biggest thing is like just getting uh, a client, a buyer in contact with a mortgage professional. So like yourself, who can just talk somebody through it because there's there's an odd stigma about it for no reason, just because of 2008. And I think a lot of 2008 gets lumped as arms when it was really subprime. And I think they just get lumped together and they're not even associated. So um, we're having conversations about it. I haven't had anybody do it. I had one who was considering it and then just, it was, they had to lock way out in advance. So it was a little bit different scenario, but I, we are starting to have the conversations. Well, there's no prepayment penalties on them anymore. So that's, that's huge. People don't have to worry about if they refinance it or pay it off early, uh, if they're going to get stuck with a three-year prepayment penalty. So that's, that's gone now. Well, I wanted to say one thing too, when I was at that event last week, um, Dave Cavanis said that he was talking about the interest rates, and he said that um, since December through about April, they've gone up 100%, and it was the first time ever in the history. Um, is that – what are you seeing? Is this the first well, time I, you've ever seen rates come this high? No, I, I started in the mortgage business in 1991, so, you know, the Maybe higher, this rapidly. <laughs> I mean, that's what he's talking about, within oh, yeah, four well, months. Well, within yes. four months. It, and Dave was exactly right. In four months, they moved the fastest. Yeah. And it was like overnight. Mm-hmm. And it changed a lot of people's uh, thoughts on what they were doing. Well, yeah. I just think that's what I'm seeing and you're seeing too. And that we keep talking about is, is as we, it's been four months of a shift happening because these interest rates changed so quickly that everybody who's been looking at houses, it's, it's kind of like, what just happened? What do we do now? And yeah. so you need your agent out there to help you navigate this and figure out what do you do now and to have a good um, lender in your back pocket that can help you explain to your clients what they should be doing and what's best for them. Right. Cause the fear is what's overrunning everything and it's just the unknown, so to speak. Right. But that's why we just have to have the conversations to educate. And that's why you need somebody like an agent who is in it all the time or, or an experienced loan officer who can walk you through that because that's all we do to a certain, not all we do, but like I help navigate to remove these fears. So, you know, and you have an advocate 
and doesn't put you in a bad situation. Exactly. Well, um, let me ask you a question, Shelley and Kyle. When you get somebody that's contacting you like today that says, hey, I'm thinking about buying a home. I always have to go over this. How? What's the percentage of, you talk to 10 people, how many people have a mortgage pre-approval? And second question is, if they say I have a pre-approval, is it five months old? Is it three months old? I would say when I'm talking to people coming to purchase, um, 90% do not have a pre-approval. Maybe one out of 10 will have one. And of course, the next question is, is when did you get that pre-approval? So if they've come to me, many of them have been online searching or just did that online application, which we um, really don't like. So we try to get them, obviously, with Greg or somebody that is here in town that we can have, you know, maybe come in on our consultation together. So we all sit around the table and decide what's going to be best for them and, and what they are going to, what they qualify for, as we always say, is not probably what they potentially are wanting to have as their payment. So right. there's so many things to be talked about. What yeah, are you seeing, Kyle? I mean, basically the same. I'd say 90%, but I generally are get, getting somebody, hopefully a, a pre-approval within the first, I don't know, seven to 10 days, right? I will go show a house without one um, just for educational purposes. So people start to know what the market is about. Um, that's just me personally. That's what I will do. But um, I, don't, I don't know. To me, you know, we've had to learn a, a lot to... Um, education of a pre-qual versus a pre-approval, right? Like, uh, and, and how that can come into play. And, and, you know, I think agents have educated themselves on, on that kind of thing too, right? Just because there are high expectations right now and, and we want to make sure we deliver. Well, and I think too, the one thing you have to say is, um, you said you'll go show a house, but I always tell them if we don't have a pre-approval letter, when we go see that house and they fall in love with it, and I'm supposed to write an offer within the next two hours and have it sent over to the list agent without a pre-approval, we're wasting our time 100%. and getting them all stressed out by a house that they really would like. But I'm like, I'm not, you know, our brakes automatically squeal and go, I can't write you offer. So and that's go, why we need a pre-approval. <laughs> right. You have to have a pre-approval before you look at a house because you're going to go fall in love with the house and we can't write the offer. That's great news um, and great information that people need to know before they go out and look for a home and, and make an offer because you have to have a pre-approval that is current and ready to go. Here's a, here's a question I got for everybody. Kyle, if they want to get a hold of you and Shelly and Greg, how can they reach out to you, Kyle? Call or text 317-649-5122. You can reach me on my cell at 317-201-2601. Call or text 317-590-6546. Have a great day and a great week, you guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's podcast. 